Welcome to the Energetic Radio Podcast. My name is Dale Sidebottom. Each week, I'll bring you inspirational guests who will help you bring fun, energy, and purpose into your lives. Let the show begin. All right, everyone. Welcome back to the podcast, episode number 245 with Tina Crouch. How are you, Tina? Hey, I'm good. How are you? I'm very good. Now, I want to publicly good. go on record here and apologize. <laughs> um, I, I know I've done it to you before, but um, I think we've rescheduled two or three times for different reasons. Um, we can use COVID as an excuse, but um, I just want to thank you for being so flexible yeah, uh, and making the time today. So thank you very much. Yeah, no problem. It's been hectic um, yeah, for everybody. It, it really has. And uh, sort of want to talk about, but before we get into um, everything we're going to chat about today, do you want to sort of paint the picture for listeners with a little bit of your background? Yeah, sure. So I am a professional um, English language communication coach for mostly business professionals. And um, in the past, I've been a social media manager and content writer and editor, mostly dealing with just anything wordy, reading, writing, et cetera. Um, And I have been learning Italian for fun for the last six years or so on and off. My my ADHD kind of sends me in other directions occasionally, but uh, my, my enjoyment of words also extends into learning different languages. I like that. I like that a lot. Now, after six years of learning something, are you uh, pretty pretty good in with your Italian? <laughs> I get a bit rusty whenever I don't practice. But um, in 2019, before everything got crazy, I did spend a month in Italy, and I felt pretty conversationally fluent by the end of that. Um, I was going to language meetups and having group conversations and which was very intimidating at the beginning, but at the end was fun and almost relaxing. (laughs) (laughs) Um, I'll take your word for it because I struggle to speak English and that is the only uh, language I could speak, uh, (laughs) Tina. (laughs) Now, one of the things I think this happens every year, New Year's resolution, people want to lose Mm -hmm. weight, they might want to learn a new skill like learning a new language. Do you get a little bit of that? Yeah, I do. Definitely. Um, I have kept telling myself for the past couple of years that I'm going to add German studying to my Italian. (laughs) Yeah. Um, There's, there's a small German population in my city and um, I've been part of the social media management team for my city's Oktoberfest festival. And so I just like the sound of it. And I have told myself I'll start studying it and, uh, I've taken a few lessons here and there, but I haven't managed to get that one to stick yet. So fingers crossed for that soon. (laughs) If you learn it, you can uh, go over to Munich and go to the actual Mm -hmm. Oktoberfest, which I went a couple of of years in a row and it must have been quite good and I I didn't speak English, but uh, you will enjoy that. (laughs) Yeah. Um, Now, one of the things I've been thinking about this episode is I grew up in quite a multicultural community. And I think it wasn't me being naive or just as a young person, I I didn't realize 
how hard it was for certain people that couldn't speak the language. Um, is that mm-hmm. what you find that you're working with a lot of, you know, business professionals now because they want to be more empathetic of people that, you know, have grown up elsewhere or that English isn't their native tongue? Um, is that something that's coming across a little bit more? Because I know so many people are realising how important empathy is as a skill, mm-hmm. as one of the, the biggest traits you can have as a leader, but just as a general person. Um. I think in my like local business circles, I've seen that more with business leaders. They have been maybe learning Spanish or some other language in order to uh, better communicate with uh, people who don't speak English as their native language. But uh, most of my clients so far have been business professionals who want to break into the English speaking market or be transferred into a department that works with Americans or British Australian people around the world. So yeah, that that makes sense. Now we're on we're on obviously audio today, but I can see you and you can see me and we're both using our yeah. hands a lot to communicate here, Tina. <laughs> yes. <laughs> How and I know when I've traveled particularly overseas and a lot of places we're very lucky that they speak English, but I know mm-hmm. um, a couple of years ago did a big trip through South America and they didn't speak English very well. And I found mm-hmm. myself body language, my hands were going everywhere. <laughs> like is, is that another thing that not only do you teach people the importance of communicating different languages, but you know, body mm-hmm. gestures, hand language, like, is that how, how important is that? I think, um, I think it's really important to pick up on tone and mood as well as just making sure you completely understand uh, your the other person's point or what they're trying to get across or be able to communicate your own point. Um, I never used my hands to talk until I started learning Italian and my tutors. Um, I would have Skype calls with them and they would use their hands a lot to, and I would try to use as little English as possible. So I started gesturing and using my hands <laughs> and stuff. And then when I started my own coaching business, um, I don't usually speak any of my clients' native languages. So if there's something that they don't understand or I don't understand. We have to use Google Translate and gestures and uh, looking things up until we get it figured out. And I, th- I think that's uh, where we're very fortunate at the moment. There's so many different mm-hmm. ways to communicate. Um, and, and like what we're doing now that you don't need to be in person, yeah. there's Zoom, there's Skype. Um, the world is changing and, and it's changing for the better so people can communicate mm-hmm. in in really easy ways um one of the things i find uh people's motivation uh lacks and like you said uh over six years you've been learning italian but what mm-hmm. are some ways that you keep your clients motivated to learning like a new skill because um i studied different languages at school and i really found it hard and when you find something hard normally your motivation it's not as well it's not there yeah um i think the biggest thing that I do for myself and for my clients is trying to find a topic that they're excited about. So 
even if my client needs to practice for a project management job interview, of course, we have to practice um, general job interview questions and answers. But if there is like a grammar concept that they're having difficulty with, I will send them off to read articles and write summaries about that other fun topic and the tedious things stick much better mm, that way. That, that makes sense. I suppose it's mm-hmm. like if you ever go to a wedding or you're at an event and you're sitting next to someone, you're like, oh, I'm really struggling for conversation. <laughs> if you can make that about something that they're interested in, it changes the mm-hmm. dynamic, doesn't it? Yeah. And that's how I went from just doing grammar drills by myself with Italian to having full conversations. Um, I had maybe seven years of Spanish classes in school when I was younger. None of it stuck. Um, (laughs) It was just memorizing lists of vocabulary words and boring drills, and that was it. And so that's part of the reason why I chose Italian. I knew I could learn another language, um, but I was burnt out on Spanish. And I liked the sound of Italian, but I started the same way. I went from the beginner, like, okay, my name is Tina. And okay, if I ask somebody else's name, I do it this way. And my brain just after a certain point refused to retain anything else um, until I decided to ask my Italian tutor to talk about horses. <laughs> and, love horses. Uh, All right, there we go. <laughs> yes, I am. I am a stereotypical horse girl. Um, I grew up around horses, learning to ride them. I competed in some competitions and things. Um, but as soon as I started learning vocabulary and necessary grammar around those conversations, it stuck. And I was having 30 minute long conversations within like 90 days because I was interested in the subject and my tutors found me little videos that included maybe a kid's show with horses in it. And so it, it helped my brain kind of latch on to the boring things because I was interested in the overall topic. Mm, and I think exactly what you've just mentioned there, they made it fun. And mm-hmm. uh, is, is that something that you've also, I'm sure you've adapted this into your work now that um, yes. if, if people are having fun, they're way more inclined to not only remember what they're doing, but they'll keep showing up. Mm-hmm. Definitely. Yeah. I, I try to make sessions with me as low stress as possible, as fun as possible. Um, I do all of the note taking unless we're doing like a written exercise that I want them to participate in so that all they have to do is just listen, respond. We have fun with different topics until we have to get back into some of the serious things occasionally. And yeah. And, and not a, that's, that's as you just said, but then you're enjoying it as mm-hmm. well too. And, and yes. that's important mm-hmm. too, isn't it? Definitely. Yeah. Yeah. I started, um, doing these tutoring sessions in English uh, when I was laid off at the beginning of the pandemic. Um, And I realized I enjoyed talking to my clients so much and um, 
it was fun and fulfilling that I was like, I, I can expand on this. I can create my own company. And because I had a business degree, I had people coming to me for business English. And so that my niche just kind of fell into my lap that way. So would you say that the pandemic has been a blessing in a way? In a way, yes, yeah. definitely. Um, it, it sent me from kind of a stressful job that I was in beforehand and into something that I probably never would have tried otherwise. Yeah. It's, uh, it's funny how things occur when mm-hmm. your, your hand's been dealt, that you've been forced to do that. I think too often we get comfortable and we're like, oh, the job's good. I've got a good pay. I'm well looked mm-hmm. after. But am I fully engaged? Am I loving it? And by the sound of things, yeah. then, um, you wouldn't have been where you are now without a pandemic making you, you know, step outside right. and realizing what your true passion was. Yeah, definitely. And I, I felt like I had the freedom's probably the wrong word. I had the time to figure things out (laughs) because we were, we were all kind of, you know, stuck at home and I knew, I knew I was laid off anyway. And it wasn't like I, you know, could have gone out and hunted down another traditional job right away. So I had the mental space, I guess, to think things through and try a few different things. Um, Very true, but also been laid off in a pandemic a lot of people may have gone the other way and just said it's unfair life's tough um Mm -hmm. obviously that's not your mindset tina you just thought no there's there's another way is an opportunity instead of a negative yeah um that was definitely part of it um since i'd been to business school i um took some entrepreneurship classes. And so I always thought eventually I might start something of my own as soon as I had a good idea that came to me. Um, And I also at the time had been working in the travel industry. So I just figured (laughs) right off the bat that- Sorry, I shouldn't laugh. This would be, (laughs) okay. I I was laughing too, just because if you don't laugh, you cry sometimes. But I figured, you know- no matter how long this lasts, my industry will be the last one that returns to normal. So I better figure out something else. So it was part, part of it was that too. Yeah, I couldn't agree more. So <laughs> within under two years, you've completely started a business, taken mm-hmm. on clients, you wrote a book, talk through, yes. like, did you just, I don't know, once you decided upon the idea and, and started, was just the energy there and motivation just t- took over? Um, a little bit. Yeah. Um, so when I started getting serious about my Italian studies years ago, I found a website called italki and it's a marketplace for language tutors for any language. And that's where I found my Italian tutors. And so I figured when I got laid off and I was stuck at home, I need to make some money. I'm a writer. So I can help people with their grammar and I enjoy grammar because I've always been weird like that. So I figured that would be a good, (laughs) a good route to take. Um, And so I set up my profile as a tutor um, and started getting students coming in and my rates were 
very, very low at the beginning, just because it's a lot of those platforms can be a bit of a race to the bottom if you don't have reviews and things like that. But I started getting referrals from my current students to other students and the people coming to me were more and more advanced in their English and they realized that, oh, she's got a business degree so I can talk to her about job interviews or marketing, things like that. And so I decided quite quickly that the best way to make a go of it for at least, you know, the next six months or so was to focus on the business English and I could raise my prices a little bit that way. And then um, for about three months, maybe 50% of my client sessions were covering roughly the same material and they were asking questions about job interviews and they were preparing for job interviews. And um, I was either repeating the same answers from student to student or realizing that there was a piece of information they were missing. They didn't even know to ask about it. And so I took all of my notes from all of my client sessions and kind of compiled it. I was like, I, I already have 10 pages of a Google Doc here. I can expand this out into a book. And that was when I decided to really try to make a go of the business side. I, I'm just sitting here loving that. Um, just thinking all about it that when people want to be an entrepreneur, want to start something, they mm-hmm. just automatically think really big and too big. Um, yeah. The way you've just explained it, that you you found something you're interested in, you found a niche, you started small, you did it well, and mm-hmm. you kept building. Is that is there other advice that, or is it just that simple? Like it because you made it sound very easy there too. <laughs> Um, I don't know about easy, but the, (laughs) it it wasn't like I made any giant leaps logically or with my ideas. I, I kind of looked at what I had to work with and made a decision from there. And then I had more to work with and more to work with. And so I was able to kind of take a few steps. Um, and then I also found a business coach and I didn't really have the money to hire a business coach, but I knew it was important. And she is a business coach specifically for online language coaches. Wow. So I was like, okay, this is, yes, this is, (laughs) this is very specific. Like this will clearly help me. And so, um, that filled in some of the gaps of knowledge that I had just for some of the back end of business. Yeah. And I, I think with that as well, um, I've had a number of mentors and coaches over the years and mm-hmm. it's, it's something I really recommend to people because you can get stuck in the day-to-day on that hamster wheel. You go, 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 you know, you're working with clients, feel like you're getting somewhere, but you're not mm-hmm. really, you need, sometimes you need an outside voice, don't you? Is, is that sort of what your yeah. coach was able to bring? Yes, definitely. And just like with um, me writing my book for my students, it I knew there were things that I didn't know that I didn't know and that somebody else would have that uh, larger picture view and, and know where my blind spots were, basically. And so 
yeah, I, she helped me earn back every penny I, I paid for her. So, yeah. It's an investment, isn't it? And then that's mm-hmm. how you Definitely. look at it. That, um, and again, it's keeping you accountable. If you're spending this money on somebody or giving up your time or whatever the agreement mm-hmm. is, that's something that you want to get back on. Yes. Yes, definitely. Um, and my dad has owned his own business for as long as I can remember as well. And I know he's always invested in business coaches and consultants and things. And um, I think we had a discussion maybe September of 2020. And he was asking me if I needed any advice business-wise or just somebody to bounce ideas off of. And I think he'd kind of questioned a purchase I'd made for some piece of technology equipment that I kind of needed, but it wasn't like an urgent need. Like, do you, do you really have the funds for that? And I said, oh, my business coach said that this would really help me this way. And he said, oh, you, you found a business coach? Like, oh, okay. Yeah. Keep Go for Keep it. Doing what you're doing. Yeah, go for it. <laughs> Isn't that funny? And so as, Just... <laughs> yeah. as soon as I had the blessing from a business coach, he was like, oh, well, it must be okay. If she knows what she's talking about, then yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I love that. Now, you were saying, obviously, you're a writer. So was mm-hmm. writing a book, because um, I know over the pandemic, I wrote a book as well, and I'm definitely not a yeah. writer. I'm a, I'm a talker. And people <laughs> listen, I can talk all day, but writing is so hard. For a writer, what was the process like? Did you actually enjoy that? Or was, again, was that a chore to get, you know, your 30, 40,000 words down on paper? Um. I did actually enjoy it. Uh, the subject was a bit dry um, because uh, it's, it is about preparing for job interviews. But um, through previous jobs I've had, I knew some human resources experts with HR licenses and things like that. So I got to call them up, ask them if they would mind getting on a 45 minute call or so with me. And I interviewed them to make sure my advice was not steering anybody wrong. (laughs) Uh, (laughs) And they affirmed what I had and added to it. Um, And then, yeah, I did not make it a very long book. It's about maybe 12,000 words. So it's, it's very short. Um, But I was also writing for, non-native English speakers. So I knew it needed to be simple, straight to the point. Um, Every chapter has like a little, in a nutshell, summary to kind of repeat the main ideas and have spaces for notes in the back. But yeah, it was a fun process. And I I think obviously everyone goes for job interviews. Um, It's Mm -hmm. something that uh, it doesn't matter where you are. You're always going for some form right. of interview. Even if you work for yourself, you have job of interviews all the time because you're trying to get new clients and so forth. So um, yes. eight steps for interview prep, um, how English learners can confidently answer and tell them about themselves and other questions. So give your book mm-hmm. a little bit of a plug um, for people out there because yeah. we all know people going for job interviews or people that may struggle mm-hmm. with English. Um, so yeah, give it a little plug, yes. Tina. Yeah, so it is a, like I said before, a pretty short book, but it's all um, action steps, basically. And so the book starts with um, just a simple 
mindset chapter uh, so that if you don't really know why interviewers ask the questions they ask and want to know the things that they want to know, you can kind of understand why you're answering these questions so you can answer them in the most attractive way as a job seeker that you can. Um, I have templates for researching the company and the job position you want to take um, so that non-native speakers have all the vocabulary they need, but that's also helpful to anybody really. It really is. Um, yeah. <laughs> and I drew on my past experience as a social media manager to go through like a personal online presence checklist to make sure you have your LinkedIn in order and your personal social media profiles kind of locked down if they need to be. Um, there's a few sections about um, cultural etiquette in the U.S. in business um, and ways to follow up, ways to not follow up after the interview because uh, all of my HR friends had things to say about people who were a bit too eager and mm. constantly calling and asking for updates, things like that. Um, and then I have a just a bonus list of common questions to ask and um, common questions you will be asked as well. Mm. I think that's great. And like you just said yeah. that, yes, it'll help non-English speakers, but they're tips that anybody can really, yes. you know, take and use straight away. I'm interested mm -hmm. with the HR managers. What was some of the, like when people, how often are people ringing about a job? Like they've had an interview. What, what was some of the HR saying mm -hmm. about people like really eager, really keen, or just damn right annoying? Um, Just, overly keen to get a response. <laughs> That's a nice way of putting uh, it. <laughs> yeah. Uh, the, the advice was only call once a week um, to ask for updates after they've passed the original timeline they told you in the interview. So like mm. at the end, if you say, oh, what's the timeline for this? Or when should I hear back from you? If they say, you'll hear back from us within two weeks, wait the two weeks, then call, you know, and then you can call maybe once a week after that. That's reasonable instead of yeah. calling every other day before their self-imposed deadline even hit. Um, somebody received fresh cut flowers a couple times and <laughs> be creepy isn't it <laughs> just yeah yeah it, it comes across that way even yeah. if it's not meant that way yes <laughs> it just it's yeah. funny people like when when they're under pressure or they want something when they're in need mm -hmm. how everything else just goes out the door um it's said yes. two weeks then probably two weeks is the timeline you don't need to ring every day <laughs> but when you're in that like tunnel you mm -hmm. need that job you want that job all that goes out the it's window, the only really, thing you're thinking it? about yeah yeah <laughs> I find I find that really interesting. Now, uh, the last thing I want to talk about is um, I know you love traveling. You spoke about obviously mm -hmm. yes. um, going through Italy and what mm -hmm. why what is it about traveling? I, I'm very similar, but just is it the yeah. best way to learn? Is it the connection? Is it falling in love with different cultures? Is it learning the language? What do you love most about it? Oh, that's a difficult 
That's a really difficult question. Um, I think it's, I think it's, um, I think part of it is learning about different cultures and the other part is the language. Um, I had lived in Oklahoma my entire life. I went to university in Oklahoma. So when I graduated, I did an internship in London. Um, I was ready to get out. I had traveled domestically quite a bit, um, but I had not left the country too much. So I did an internship there. I was in an office with maybe 17 other employees and there were 12 different nationalities with wow. the 17 people. And that just kind of blew my mind at the time. And everybody had all these different accents. And when you went out to lunch with everybody, they'd talk about different just life experiences they'd had. And I was just so fascinated. And so even though I'm an introvert, I, um, I tend to travel by myself, but make friends wherever I go with walking tours and finding different Airbnb places and things like that. So that's what I enjoy. I, I love that. And it's really interesting. You say introvert traveling by yourself, you really have to put yourself out there though, when you're traveling, mm -hmm. but then I suppose that's when you get the best rewards because you're not dependent. You're not in that safety net yeah. of having one or two other people you're with. Yes, definitely. And even when I travel with friends, I build in days where I'm like, okay, I'm this gone. is the day where we're just, we're just <laughs> going to wander around, do our own thing. Like, I don't want to drag you everywhere. Um, Cause I've traveled with my parents. I've traveled with friends and they're like, oh, we can't keep up with you. I'm like, we're just <laughs> walking around seeing things and okay, but yeah, go take a nap. I'll, I'll go over here and test out my language skills on, on a tour guide or something. So, yeah. <laughs> I like that. I like that giving them a break because when you are traveling with people as well, it goes the other way yeah. that you can get quite sick of them when it's constant <laughs> yes. in the most, not, in the most polite <laughs> way, Tina. Yes. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Sometimes you just need a little bit of space and that's, yeah. <laughs> I, well, I love that. And today's chat's been brilliant. Not only um, about all the work you're doing, but I think also how quickly you've built a presence in an online business from um, mm -hmm. being laid off and, and probably, you know, not in the best headspace for a little bit there with a pandemic and not yeah, having a it job. Was very so stressful. <laughs> I've got no doubt. I, I'm, it's been stressful enough um, with everything mm -hmm. else going on. So to be able to do what you've done has been amazing. Now for people that want to reach out, they might want to learn more. They might want to grab your book. Where can we go? My website is tinateachesenglish.com. And my social profiles are Instagram and Facebook. And the handle for those are Tina Teaches E N G. Perfect. And so all, like my, all my book links and everything else are on website and social media there. Awesome. Well, I'll have those in the show notes. This is episode number 245. Mm -hmm. If you go to those listeners, click on there, you can reach out to Tina and grab her book. Say good day on all the socials and thank you for what has been a fun chat today. So Tina, thank you so much for your time <laughs> and, and being so flexible with uh, a few cancellations. You're <laughs> <laughs> yes, you're welcome. I had fun today. Thank you very much. Cheers.